Welcome to the Spawn Chunks. This is episode number five for Monday, September 3rd, 2018. My name is Johnny, but Minecraft folks might know me as Pixel Riffs. And joining me, as always, is Joel Duggan. How are you doing today, Joel? I am doing fantastic, my friend. It is a lovely, lovely summer day in September. Where the heck did summer go? <laughs> I know, uh, I know. But I'm, I'm quite enjoying myself today. Excellent stuff. So, uh, yeah, here we are to talk about Minecraft once again. And we may as well start off with a quick look at what's been going on with our weeks. Have you had, a mu have you had much time to, uh, to dive into Minecraft this week, Joel? I have not. I had a bunch of end of the month, uh, I guess, bookkeeping and stuff to do with with my publishing company and uh -huh. some other stuff. So I was not able to play as often as I wanted to. Or I guess I should say I was not able to play in large chunks. Like I had like half an hour here at the end of the day or whatever, where I just kind of had that itch to just kind of go in and maybe mine a little bit or or do some things. De-stress. So De-stress yeah, a little bit. Yeah, precisely. So what I decided to do, um, stuff that doesn't make good video content, stuff that isn't really great on streams, I was going around and just kind of fixing a bunch of farms and a bunch of elevators and mines and things like that that were using the old, um, I get what do we call it? The block glitch, you know, where you you use a dropper to put an item into a transparent block yeah, and then it kind pe of people always just the surface. people always just used to call them item elevators because there wasn't really any better way of doing it other than redstone right. and dropper pipes, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Those kind of like the the ones we were talking about in a previous episode, the plus shaped cross section. Yeah, exactly. Glitch the items to the top elevators. Yeah. So now, now that we have bubble elevators, which are obviously in-game mechanics meant to be there, work more reliably, are faster. Uh, I I went around to a couple of different places, including my beacon mine. Which those are the kind of things that you want those to be reliable. Like mm -hmm. I don't want my diamond or redstone or lapis blocks glitching out the side by accident. And if you know if you've got a hole in it and there's water that's not working it just flat out doesn't work it's yeah. there's no ifs it's like nope it's a, it's a zero one game mm -hmm. so i went around and I, I fixed a couple of those and one of the things that i've discovered it's kind of a happy accident which will tie into our discussion later is that with the block glitch version items really did clump up so you'd have stacks of like 16 32 40 something clumped up and going through your water streams after they've gone up this elevator mm -hmm. And with water streams, once an item is ejected into a bubble stream, sorry, not item, not a water stream, but a bubble column, uh, it is gone and it is gone quickly. Yeah. So what I've noticed is that items, when they're going around corners or bunching up, at most, I get a stack of maybe four items. Yeah. So yeah. when you're dealing, yeah. So when you're dealing with a large amount of items, say from like a stone mine, you know, you got cobble and smooth stone and dirt. And you're putting stacks and stacks and stacks of stuff into your into your item uh, sorter in your storage system. It's nice that the filters don't get overloaded because there's only ever two items going over the top of the filter at a time. It's going by quickly, but it's still not faster than the hopper can shoot out the items underneath. Mm -hmm. So it's it's it was I I found that my system was working better with the new bubble column. So kind of a tip of the hat to people that are out there looking at the change. Like it's it's a pain. It is a lot of work to go and fix all of your old stuff if you're on an old world. But man, is it worth it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's good that that's also become a sort of quality of life change in other areas than just easy item transportation. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. So What about uh, you? What, what did you get up to? This week I made what I've been told jokingly that I'm not allowed to call a tree farm because it doesn't do the farming for me. There, there, are, uh, there are a few designs out there that will actually kind of harvest trees for you. A lot of them use explosions, so like TNT and withers and ghast right. fireballs and stuff like that. What I made was a tree pusher. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I've... I've figured out a redstone mechanism and this is not based on anybody's design once again my continued uh journey to better myself by figuring out redstone stuff by myself instead of looking up people's tutorials i sort of feel like i'm learning redstone the way people used to do things like i'm a few steps behind in terms of like the bleeding edge of redstone but um yeah i've i've developed this contraption that when you grow a birch tree it sends a redstone signal through the bottom of the birch tree. So like once the sapling is there, it can't conduct any redstone, but when it turns into a log, it can. And that yes. activates a circuit which pushes it along like a conveyor belt. And what it eventually does is thread all of this birch around, uh, and it's specifically birch right now. I do plan on making a different uh, type of tree farm later, but it just harvests it all into, it just, just sections it all into a big block that I can then farm all at once instead of having to grow something and then stop to farm it and then plant a few more saplings and then grow those 
and it means a lot of bone meal it means a lot of birch saplings but i've managed to get it so i can have maybe seven stacks of birch at once if i fill this thing up and then i can use that to make strip logs so instead of you know, running around stripping individual trees and then cutting off the leaves and stripping off the two blocks you can't reach because leaves are covering them. It pushes mm. them all out of the way of the leaves. And I just run around with the right mouse button held down with my axe in hand, stripping all the logs. Because strip birch, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, is one of my favorite new blocks and I want to use it a whole lot. And I don't really want to use the regular birch logs. So I put it all in this giant block, strip all of the bark off of it, and then harvest it. And it sits in my storage system perfectly. I'm, nice. I'm I'm quite happy with it. I also had to dress it up in some way because one of my other missions for this season of Decidedly Vanilla is to make the redstone contraptions I'm making actually look good, like look like they're part of the city that I'm building. So I built this kind of Art Deco-inspired tower skyscraper sort of thing over the top of it just because builds, you know, because I kind of yeah. had to. And I was pretty happy with how that came out, sort of sandstone structure partially based on one of my um, one chunk designs there's a one chunk kind of art deco skyscraper that i built a while ago and i recall that yes. yeah it's got sandstone and dark prismarine and stuff in it and it's a really nice combination and i think it looks quite good it still needs to settle in a little bit still needs a little bit of dressing up around it maybe a couple of custom trees and stuff like that but uh, i'm pretty happy with it nice that's going to be a challenge i've never done like modern skyscraper building factory type stuff. All of mm -hmm. my builds have been either medieval-esque or old world, you know, log cabins, stone houses, yeah, things yeah. like that. Uh, we have a couple of modern builds on the server, but they're also like, you know, hanging on a cliff or kind of the location was chosen very carefully. So we've not had to really kind of take something like a, hundred block tall you know skyscraper or really large factory and then try to make it look like it's part of the world yeah it, like because we've never done that and one of the things that i i find myself when i'm looking for inspiration i'm going through like you know google images for like yeah, i don't know you know fancy minecraft castle and you go and you look and it's like well wait a minute this is a really cool castle but there is zero effort you know outside yeah uh, of the helicopter flying overhead um <laughs> to to mesh it into the landscape and you're like well that's a talent it's a really pretty castle but boy talk about like <laughs> just plunking it down in the middle of some some yeah, world you've right? absolutely got to give those builds context and that's yeah. that's what why i started this city that i'm building on a mushroom island because in the middle of spawn next to everybody's lovely kind of mediterranean tuscan style builds it was just going to look completely out of place so yeah. when i when i fixed my idea on like i want to build a city here I absolutely had to set it somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And that's why I, mm -hmm. I picked out that island. And that's yeah. that's going pretty well. I've got three large builds there now. So it's definitely feeling like it's taking the shape of a city. Just got to do the little extra contextual work to, uh, to get it all going. Mm -hmm. So cool. uh, let's talk about the week's news. Because for once, uh, since we started this podcast, there's been we've had uh, snapshots basically every week. This time we don't. This time we, we have not had any... Uh, any mention of in-development versions of Minecraft this week, as far as I can tell. And that is probably because the developers are gearing up for what they're going to present at Minecon Earth, which is coming up at the end of this month. Um, there is a, a handy article that you can go and see a little bit more information about Minecon Earth over at minecraft.net in their news section. We'll link that in the show notes. And there are watch parties happening in various places um, having been to a Minecon watch party, technically speaking, <laughs> last last year, um, it's it's actually a lot of fun, and a lot of these are in fairly small locations, like they're in kind of Microsoft stores <laughs> and stuff like that. So, not, which to me does not sound fun. By the not, way, not necessarily the kind of place you'd consider hosting a party. But the, the thing I went to mm. last year was more of like it was a it was a watch party, but there was also like a, a kind of minigame PvP tournament thing happening, and there were booths right. from a bunch of people it, it, who... It looked like a convention. Like, it looked like a small... Yeah, yeah. Comic-Con, but but Minecraft-focused. Yeah, and it, it, it definitely pales in comparison to the Minecons they've had in previous years. But of course, their message lately is that Minecraft has become so big that they want to make sure they can include everybody, and so they're presenting all of the Minecon kind of news stuff as a live stream that's going to be happening right at the end of September. Um, and yeah, the, the date and details of that will be on the website. There's a, there's a countdown clock going for uh, when that's going to be. And again, because just setting a time for it 
doesn't really make sense when you've got people all over the world watching. We were talking about this a little bit before the show, and yeah, yeah it seems kind of strange to be like, it's 12 Eastern in the US when the main Mojang office, where the kind of core developers for the Java version at least, are based in Stockholm, where it's six hours ahead, and mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of encouraging global participation. So having a countdown clock to it makes a little bit more sense, because then you can more easily yeah. figure out when it's going to happen in your time zone. A lot of times you'd think they would at least put out like a UTC or or like an international mm-hmm. time zone location, but it is, it is 12 Eastern for anybody in North America. It's 12 p.m. Eastern on September 29th is is when Minecon is going to happen. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to mention this to you before the show, but if we can, it would be kind of cool to watch it together. Yeah, we should see what we can do about that. I don't, I don't know what the policy is for kind of like streaming stuff like that and restreaming it and so forth but maybe we could do some kind of some kind of commentary or, or maybe yeah include I think if you're putting your own your own kind of thoughts and stuff on it you know being able to talk during the slow parts or whatever um, yeah i i know that i've seen other podcasters friends of mine do that with e3 where they'll put the e3 thing on in the background but then it's it's very low volume they're watching it they're hearing it at full volume but when they're recording their thoughts and podcasts and stuff like that you can they're they're getting their opinions and usually what happens is They'll make all the announcements. It's really cool. And people are listening and just kind of saying, oh, that's cool. Or, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then when they go into like the really dry, you know, ultimately there's always some dry, you know, talk happening at these presentations. And that's yeah. when the podcasters tend to get into more, a little bit more of a discussion. Mm-hmm. It, it's sort of, I don't know, it would almost be the opposite for me this time around, because the thing that I really cared about last time was when Jeb, the creative leader at Mojang, came on to talk about the features for the aquatic update. I was right. riveted. The rest of it felt like a variety show aimed at kind of kids and their families and that was the stuff where i i kind of tuned it out a little bit because it's will arnett being led around by all of these people and he's like oh this wacky world of minecraft and i'm like you know i can i can do without that i'm here for the features i'm here for the gameplay but obviously i'm i'm not necessarily the demographic they're shooting for with all the the variety stuff where llamas are being dragged around and stuff yeah they 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 have to get the information across but they definitely aim at at a younger audience Mm -hmm. for sure yeah, well, that's yeah, that's Minecraft in a in a kind of core demographic sense is definitely it's aimed at the youngins. But it's uh, hard to forget. It's hard to remember that sometimes. Like you, there's so <laughs> many people that are our age that are playing, and so many people that I follow online that are adults. Yes, that all are the all Minecraft. the people we watch on YouTube tend to be yeah, like, kind exactly. of like adult age. Yeah, so give or take, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say kind of just as a general blanket statement, like you know, over the age of 23 for the yeah. most part. Yeah, you know. So uh, one of the other things I wanted to touch on briefly before we get away from the news is that following up on our discussion from last week about uh, textures, Jasper Jasper Burstra has been working on uh, a few more work in progress kind of textures that he started to put out images for basically immediately after our podcast, which I'm not saying we can take credit for this, but I'm totally taking credit for this, right? Um, so, So he posted a couple of pictures, one of which was of a kind of just a fairly basic cobblestone shack with a wooden roof. And he said, there are some work in progress textures here. They're definitely not like what I'm putting in the game. Can you give me Mm. some feedback on those? And then just a a more natural scene of like a cave with some granite on the surface, some smooth stone, grass and wood and that kind of stuff. And to me, granite is looking a lot better. Um, Yes, it no longer looks like beans. Yeah, it doesn't look like beans anymore. Raw granite actually looks kind of cool now. And I think I saw a few other people who I follow on Twitter replying to him saying, the same thing um i for the life of me i can't work out why the heck he's still messing with smooth stone because to me smooth stone didn't need changing in the first place and when he made a subtle change to it for the the updated beta texture pack that they released i thought it still looked okay but now he's got these slightly more kind of high contrast almost lines in it instead of individual flex and Mm -hmm. to me that it it just tiles in a really obvious way that's going to make it look much less natural when you're looking at whole massive walls of it the way you often do in Minecraft. So yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm less convinced by it. But as he said on Twitter, it was an experimental thing. It's not necessarily what he's going with at all. So I imagine a lot of people would have given him a bit more feedback about that themselves. What, what did you yeah. think about these? So one of the things that I know when he, when he posted the cobblestone shack, you know, with the stone and the yeah. cobblestone and stuff like that, his comment was, you know, sometimes to explore options and things, I try drastic changes like this. So he's obviously yeah. saying like, this is me pushing it too far. Yeah. I get it. I mm-hmm. know that it's too far, but 
what is there anything that you guys like about this like just check it out you know uh one thing that i did i didn't notice at first but i i've noticed now going back and looking at it is that the bark texture looks way more like bark yeah it's a it's way more unique than this kind of like the ribbed um kind of look and if if you can like that if that's not all trees if that's just the oak if the oak tree has that kind of bark and then spruce trees have the current kind of bark and like if if that's the case then hey like that that's a good direction to go um i'm with you i think the stone decisions were poor i you know <laughs> i again like he's the work in progress he's pushing things to 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 extremes and whatever but yeah i i can't even tell you the difference between the beta textures of smooth stone and the vanilla textures of smooth stone i would have to see them next to one another to see it's subtle, whatever it is, because yeah. it really doesn't register as a change. But I cannot, for the life of me, imagine this smooth stone texture with these lines as it as you described in a mountain. Yeah. Like there's a lot of it when you're looking at the side of a mountain in it, Minecraft. It reminds it me of terrible. static on a TV screen somehow. Yeah. Just kind of like oh. bold lines in it. Yeah, you turn it sideways and it looks like rain. Yeah. Like it, it's it's that <laughs> obvious, right? Uh I do really like the granite though. Uh and being in a part of the world where there is very regularly chunks of granite exposed uh with the continental shelf in Nova Scotia, that looks like granite. Like mm -hmm. that's that's awesome. It it reminds me of granite countertops that I've seen. Either one of them would work, uh the raw granite or the smooth granite. Uh, with the raw granite, you wouldn't get the the lines, like the chiseled lines of the block. Yeah, yeah. So if you want, if you're building a kitchen and you wanted to have like a nice granite countertop, you could totally do it. Like mm -hmm. that, I I think that's an excellent direction to go to. It also looks really good next to dirt. It's, yeah. It's less. It's less of a salmon color now. Like it's less pink. Mm -hmm. So it it does look a little bit closer to dirt. It still registers as stone, but it looks like it could. Like you can imagine. I wish he I wish he would put more blocks in context when he does these because you're like I'm trying to look at that granite and imagine what it looks like next to Podzel. Yeah. In like yeah. a in, in like a, a taiga biome like that would be really good. You know, I think that there's a lot of potential there but um I don't know. I I textures like this are always so subjective and I I do find it interesting the direction that he goes in sometimes because sometimes it's just like wow, really? <laughs> it's, I, I get that he's kind of reaching for things but it's like sometimes you're like what what made you even want to go there in the first place it's kind of interesting seeing the work he's done before because he i think is a fairly traditionally a 2d artist and so mm -hmm. trying yep. to apply kind of 2d methodology to these things that are going to be textured over voxels you know it's all being done in a 3d space it must be a bit of a shift in terms of the way you're thinking about things and you've got to apply a certain amount of lighting to this whereas with 2D art you can apply all of the lighting through you know different means this you've got like the angles of the sun and things to to take into account and like Minecraft blocks having a very specific sort of set of shading I've, I've noticed this with some textures. I actually try and build with some blocks facing north-south instead of east-west because the east-west sides appear darker and yeah, you, you've got to think about stuff like that when you're designing stuff for 3D models that maybe, I don't know, it, it, it probably does occur to him and he's probably having to do a fairly rigorous amount of testing to to get that stuff right. But it's it's taking a while for him to to dial it in, I think, you know, obviously not not supposing to understand anything about how he does his work because I'm not an artist myself. So I'm not really qualified yeah. to, uh, to to critique that kind of stuff, but it's I like funny, to give you know, my opinion where I can. Since our conversation last week, I actually, I don't know why, probably just because Google and Facebook track everything that you do online, but I saw an advertisement for pixel art lessons mm -hmm. uh, on Udemy, I think it was, and it was reasonable. It was like, you know, 13 or $14, but it was like 15 or 16 one hour lessons or 20 minute lessons about pixel art. I didn't pull the trigger on it because when I watched samples of the first lessons, they were going over really basic art stuff that I obviously already know. Um, I, I, I think I might need to seek out a more advanced you know, pixel class where they're not going to necessarily talk about color theory and stuff like that. Like I'm fine in that department. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I need to know, I need to know a little bit more specific, you know, making textures for games or making textures for, for voxel art and things like that. It's it's um, like uh, when you're learning a new musical instrument and you're like, okay, you know, beginner's book, I don't need to learn how to read music from scratch. Just tell me right. where the notes are on the instrument and let me kind of yeah, go from there. Go yeah. from there, yeah. Uh, one thing that I uh, I was looking at and we mentioned Tileable, uh, he also posted a picture of some sand that he's working on mm -hmm. and I'm not a fan. It, 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 
I can see where you're coming from, where you say like, you know, he's a 2D pixel artist going into doing stuff in voxels. A lot of the stuff that he's doing tends to tile very obviously, at least at first. Yeah. Anything that I've seen in the beta, he's dialed back and it works. But I, I kind of want, like, I almost wonder the value of sharing stuff work in progress. Because I feel like, so, I mean, a lot of people are probably not going to really note the the WIP in there. You know, like they might just like, that's terrible. Why are yeah, you doing yeah. it that way? It's like, <laughs> I was like, well, maybe, dude, you might not want to post it until you're like, you're really close to done. You know what? Because I feel like some stuff, it it kind of makes the faith waver a little bit. You're like, I don't know if that's really the direction you want to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hopefully he's using it all to dial it in. I imagine working at Mojang in general, you have to develop a bit of a thick skin because of how opinionated people are about the game. So yep. uh, yeah, hopefully he's yeah. he's taking it all in his stride and is, you know, learning stuff along the way when he's experimenting with all of this. So um, And, and speaking of learning, uh, yeah. we actually had an email come in regarding our talk about textures last week. Uh, and thank you very much uh, to a half stack. He's the, the, the person that, that wrote in. Uh, and uh, they said, hi, Joel and Pix. Just listened to episode four and wanted to give some input of your data pack discussion. I would love to get my hands on a data pack that allows you to give shulker boxes block textures. So instead of using a die in a crafting grid, you could put, for example, a prismarine brick in the grid, and then you would have the prismarine brick textured shulker. So if that makes sense for everybody, instead of dyeing something a color, you'd be essentially dyeing it the, the texture of the brick. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you could use that prismarine textured shulker box to then store your prismarine in. Because I like to color code things, and the way that I think half a stack is, is thinking is that there is no prismarine color in the game. Like even the cyan is really dark but the prismarine is a very bright turquoise. So if you just had a prismarine colored shulker, then you'd know exactly what would be in it. My uh, question is, where would you find it? Like, how would you find it afterwards? Because if you're applying the entire prismarine block texture to this thing, you close the box and then suddenly you're like, hey, where'd my shulker box go? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that was my yeah. initial thought. Obviously, if you could have the kind of, I almost think of it as stitching, like the kind of little indentations around the ridges of a shulker box. Like if the outline was still there, it was just like kind of onion skinned over the top of whatever texture you had then. Well, and that's that's what I think what you would end up doing is that you, yeah. would take, you would take the shulker box texture as it is. You would drop the color out of it. So you just have the black and white. And shulker boxes have like this little dental pattern around mm -hmm. the edges of them. And they yeah. have like a, a very clear like opening like that you can see where it unscrews and yeah. screws back together. And if you had those lines remain. Uh, and then just had the texture underneath it. And then would you, you'd have to do that in layers in Photoshop. And then you could export that as a, um, as a new item in, in the game, or just say like, Oh, if it's a, if we do this in, in the game, it'll give you, uh, I guess we could call it like a prismarine shulker. If that would be the item and the block in it. Um, and then you'd say, okay, well, that's what that is. And then this is the texture for it. I think it's brilliant. And, and he goes on to say that this would fall under the quality of life category uh, and make organization with, uh, easier without being cheaty. Uh, and if any of your technical listeners are inclined, uh, they would receive eternal gratitude and karma. <laughs> so yeah. he really, I think he really wants this data pack. So, I yeah. think it's a cool idea. And it's not, from what I understand, like I've not made a data pack yet, but that is not an overly complicated data pack to make. No, it doesn't seem like it would be. All you have to do is a little bit of texture work and then, yeah, just applying the crafting recipe and telling it to look for that shulker box specifically and whether that requires, you know, MBT tags and stuff. But there are definitely people who have put fresh new items in to Minecraft using data packs without taking anything out, which is what the problem is with resource packs, generally speaking, is that you've always got to retexture an existing item in Minecraft rather than kind of, for want of a better term, modding in your own. Right. Whereas you look at the stuff like they're doing on Hermitcraft now with the um, terracotta wrench that you can use to, you know, yep. reorient re terracotta blocks once you've placed them, glazed terracotta specifically, then, you know, that's something new. That's not, you know, a retextured carrot on a stick. It's not, if you make a, a carrot on a stick, you're not going to end up with the same thing. That is literally that item. It's, it's a brand new item that they put into the game. Um, yeah. the, the same to a certain extent goes for the, the player heads that they're adding, although those are all in a, in a database somewhere. But yeah, uh, in, in the meantime, uh, anyone who wants to work on that data pack, go ahead. It would be great. It would be fantastic to even maybe try it out for the show and kind of give our, 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 our take on that once we were actually using it ourselves. But there are resource packs that do some good stuff with shulker boxes that I've seen. Um, 
Oh, in, really? I'm in, not familiar. I've never looked into that. Yeah, in particular, I want to I want to highlight my buddy Germ, uh, Germsy Boy. Um, I forget what exactly his YouTube channel is, but we'll try and include it in the show notes. But he has a a resource pack that he updates pretty regularly. And I don't think the most recent iteration, like the 1.13 update to his texture pack, has this. But he previously retextured shulker boxes so they looked like, I don't know, like an apple crate that you'd put in a medieval town, like outside of a market store kind of thing. So you'd put down a shulker box. And I think even kind of there was an element of 3D to it. So it would actually only be filled up to about two thirds of the way. And you'd be able to kind of see inside it. There'd be a kind of dip inside it a little bit. But then you, it opened up just like a shulker box. You could use it like a shulker box and you didn't have to store apples in it. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was an interesting take on that and allowed you to work in some aesthetic blocks. If you just had some shulker boxes lying around, you could add them to a medieval market scene and it would look fairly natural. So I do nice. think there are some other packs that have done that. I can't name any off the top of my head though. But um, yeah, his pack is called A Little Taste of Germ, J-E-R-M. Um, and it might be worth looking into if you're on an earlier version. We will, uh, yeah, see if we can <laughs> get a get a hold of that. I was trying to look for a, a video in which he showcased it, but all of the recent update videos he's done for his texture pack, he hasn't really highlighted that as a, a feature. He's just kind of skimmed over it on the way to something else. So it right. uh, might be worth a look, though. Uh, in that same vein, I was watching a, a recent Janzi video, and he went into great detail about the note blocks. I don't recall if I mentioned this last week. I don't think I did. It was in the notes, but I don't think we got to it. Uh, but the note blocks, depending on what item you put the note block on, not item, depending on what block you put the note block on, it makes a different sound. Mm -hmm. And there are 23 notes, including a zero note, uh, or sorry, 24 notes, including a zero note. But basically he referred to it as 23 different options. Um, the zero note being the natural note block. Mm -hmm. But what he was doing was using MBT tags to say, okay, well, if the note block is on sand, you get... I think it's a chime or a harp or something. Yeah. And then you've got 23 you know, versions of that. And so what he did was he, he said, like, you can have 250 different textures for the note block. And all you have to do is change the note. Yeah. So you can basically cycle through. Yeah. You're, you're kind of right, right clicking on it and it's changing the texture as well as emitting yeah. this tone. And which, yeah. I, again, like it's, it's adding stuff to the game, but you're also using the information that's provided by the game. So like it, it, it does potentially give you blocks that you would n otherwise not have. Uh, but it also adds the gamification of, well, you might really want to put this. Um, I'm trying, I, I can't think of what it might be like a sign or a letter or, or something that custom that you've made, but you have to figure out what, block has to go underneath the note block so you can't just put it anywhere you know like if you're building in a tree and you want the texture that goes with the stone well tough luck like yeah you, or you have to hide the stone so like there there are some things that kind of make it more than just like you know easy mode like there it, it adds a little bit more of a challenge to it so and again he's using those in a single player situation but yeah. i just i thought it was really neat to see um that you know along with like like you said the jimsy boy's um shulker box thing like that's uh, things that i say the shulker box stuff is less less of a game workaround and just more of a quality of life thing yeah for sure and it definitely fits in well with the texture pack he's been working on so it's it's all kind of adding to the vibe a little bit but uh all this talk of shulker boxes got me thinking that maybe we should have a uh a big discussion about storage because storage is definitely it's not so much a divisive topic in minecraft but it's something everybody has their own kind of ideas about their own opinions on their own way of doing things and so i thought it'd be good to break this out into a discussion about storage because let's face it there are so many items in minecraft there are an awful lot um i i tried counting them once and and i kind of gave up like there's a there's at least because sort of you know upwards of 500 items unique items and probably hundreds more than that really uh, so you've got to have some place to keep them all. Uh, so I figured, how do we keep track of them all? How do we like to set up our own storage systems? And how on earth did anybody move anything around before shulker boxes were a thing? <laughs> because oh, man. I, I can't even remember playing Minecraft before shulker boxes. I only played for, for one version before they introduced shulker boxes in Minecraft 1.9. So yeah, I only... I must have just moved everything around in my inventory and then put it in a chest at the location I wanted it, but I can't imagine doing that now. Like it's something you you do for a, a couple of a couple of 
you know, a week or two maybe before you go and raid the end. But as soon as shulker boxes come in, suddenly you're way more mobile. I agree. And we played for a long time on the Citadel having not beat the dragon. So we didn't have shulker boxes for at least six months. How did you live, more. Joel? How did you live? <laughs> we didn't really build outside of walking distance. Like it was, yeah. you know, it would be a pain in the butt. You get down, you know, from, from the main meadows where we built most of our stuff to like the south meadows or somewhere else, you'd be just like, oh, I forgot my cobblestone back. And it was a two minute walk back to the barn to get it. It's not like I was blocks and blocks and blocks away. Or what you'd end up doing is just filling your inventory with all of the stuff that you think you would need. And if you're going to need a lot of wood, you would just bring a lot of logs so that mm -hmm. you can then convert them into all the different things that you want. And or ultimately, if you were far enough away, you would just end up with a, a, a site storage like you would just say, all right, well, I don't really feel like walking all the way back. I will just dig up the stuff that I need. Like I yeah. ran out of stone. I'm just going to go dig more. And then you'd end up with a bunch of um, chests at the build site that are just full of stuff that you needed that you forgot back. At, at yeah, the main, I, I, at I suppose build, right? I suppose that's what you do is you bring the really valuable stuff that you can't possibly leave behind like your tools maybe like a beacon or something if you've got it yeah but then you just go ahead and harvest all of the resources again from scratch at your new location maybe bring yeah. a few saplings for trees that you know aren't around but Ex i've done yeah. that i've cer i've certainly i remember when we um we were building our guardian farm the server i was going through wood like crazy because of all the storage that you have to make to um keep all the drops and i was running out of wood like quickly because of all the chests that I had to make and and the hoppers because there's chests in the hoppers right mm -hmm. so I was just like you know what I'm underground and there's nothing else going on there's enough all I need to do is just put some dirt down instead of prismarine and plant these trees and just put torches around them and they'll be fine so I had like a little five or six you know unit tree farm going just specifically for chests like as soon as they would grow I would just break them down and turn them into chests mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's all it was for but it was it was faster to do that than it would be to go back grind out some trees bring them back yeah, like i could build other things while i was waiting for the trees to grow mm -hmm. so for for you do you do like big storage rooms do you do one storage room on the server for you or do you find yourself spreading out i in theory i'm one of those guys who likes to have a single dedicated big storage room where everything's got its own its own chest it's in its own place neatly organized and labeled heavily heavily labeled <laughs> but in reality i find i have chests everywhere just full of miscellaneous stuff like I, i've got a storage room for kind of bulk storage just so i have somewhere to put all of the wood and the cobblestone because there's mm. always so much i've run out of room for cobblestone now and i have like three or four chests dedicated just to cobblestone i think some of those even have shulker boxes inside them that are full of 27 more stacks of cobblestone <laughs> Wow. And I, I even get to the point where I end up converting it to stairs and slabs that I just don't need at the time, but I just want to stash them away so that I have another chest full of different items because I feel like it's all just going to fill up with blocks. And that's just from the amount of a strip mining I do, uh, branch mining and digging out areas to build other stuff. Like the slime farm I dug out, I had to dig out two whole oh, chunks yeah. And I wasn't just going to let all of that stuff despawn because I have plans for projects later where I want to use a lot of stone. But then I've got to do something with all of that in the meantime because that project is, you know, a month away at this point or more. So I've got to store it all somewhere and I need the storage room to be in place just so I can sort out all of that stuff. But then I can never quite settle on a system for not not necessarily even like a, an auto sorting kind of system but just like a a categorization of where everything should go besides putting all of the wood in one place and all of the stone in one place i always want to experiment with different stuff like am i going to put all of the colored blocks in one place so right now i've got individual kind of stations which have six chests for each color and i'm putting all of the dyeable items in there so you have a chest full of dye a chest full of concrete and concrete powder terracotta and glazed terracotta wool right. glass and basically anything else i can think of that you dye that color but then i feel like even that is limited because there are so many items in the game that i don't know i'm not i'm not sure if i'm going to end up running out of space there and have to expand that upwards or downwards or backwards and i i, I really want to do that thing you know occasionally you'll find people who have sorted their bookshelves at home not by alphabetically by author, but by the color of the spine of the book. Right. And so it makes for a really nice looking wall. 
and then you just have to remember a little bit about your books if you want to find them because you're like <laughs> yeah. what, what color was that again was it orange was it green i can't remember did it yeah. have yellow writing on it and then and then how do you choose whether something that's like half yellow and half orange where does that go does it have to straddle the boundary specifically between those two <laughs> colors so yeah. so i want to do something like that where i sort absolutely everything in the game by color so like apples would go in the red chest along with red dye and redstone and nether wart mm. and spider eyes and stuff like that um and i i want to stick to minecraft's 16 color system for that because there are 16 different colors that you can dye things in minecraft but then that starts to fall apart when you've got anything that's got multiple colors like the spines of these books or ambiguous color like what color is nether brick it's maroon really and like right. does that fall under red does that fall under brown is it just a really dark mm. magenta like same with prismarine you were talking about prismarine earlier it changes color <laughs> so <laughs> yeah like yeah. in in theory you can guess maybe by association you find it underwater it's mostly blue but it's also got a little bit of green in there and there's those pixels that change color between blue and yellow and like a dark kind of purplish color yeah i wouldn't know where to put that one and uh, I've actually started a shop on Decidedly Vanilla where I sell green stuff. And I'm not certain if I can sell Prismarine in there, partly because one of my friends has also opened another Prismarine shop. But also, I don't really know if I can call it green. And that sort of throws a wrench in my plans to organize everything by color. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's all just going to end up in, in regular chests. And I have build chests everywhere. Like, unless I'm mm. actively trying to build something on the site where that chest is, it's probably not going to get moved. Like, much as I have the, the best intentions when it comes to storing everything, it's just more convenient to do it that way, I think. And sometimes I've even got shulker boxes lying around, even though they're the easiest things in the world to pick up and move. You don't even have to break yeah. them open and have all the items pour out. But yeah, for some reason, I just, I get really disorganized because I have all of these other projects going on. I just, I get distracted from the business of storing everything meticulously by the need to do other projects. How about you? Do you do you have like an organized storage room on your world? I have a couple and some of it stems from what I mentioned earlier about us not, in, not getting into shulker boxes until later mm. in the server existence. But I started off with my log cabin and a barn very early on. And the, everything was inside the cabin for the first couple of weeks because mm -hmm. just you, we weren't doing a whole lot. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm starting to craft really important things like enchanting tables and potions and stuff and i would really i don't like hunting for things i like being able to find stuff quickly yeah because uh, that's i think that's the thing that forces people into some sort of storage system is that they start to realize like i just crafted 20 hoppers and i had 30 already in a chest that i couldn't find yeah before so that it becomes a waste of time and resources that's me and furnaces so always furnaces. yes oh furnaces and, <laughs> and crafting tables it's good to know uh, i'm not early the only game one. i always early game i always have like seven crafting tables like why do i have seven <laughs> yeah. so i uh i moved everything out into my barn and the barn is not big uh it is probably inside it's probably two four five like a five by four five by yeah five by four inside so it's a nice channel to walk down it's a two wide uh, hallway with double chests on either side mm -hmm. and so i've got a double chest full of wood and i've got a double chest full of stone and i got you know and so for me what i ended up doing was um i still go by color a lot of times but I, what i do is i i go by block subset so block type and that's because i think it's because i'm so new to the game compared to a lot of other people out there you know uh, when i first set up this barn i had been playing for three months so i just said okay all my wood goes in this one and then all my uh stone and you know cobble smooth stone dirt like the stuff that you just get a lot of that'll go in this other one yeah and then special things like stone bricks and stone stairs and slabs and all that other stuff the crafted things would go in another double chest mm -hmm. sand and glass would go in the same chest because that's how you make glass yeah uh and then same thing with concrete powder and so but once you get into those colors once you open up that chest everything is organized by color mm -hmm. so it goes you know like red orange yellow green blue etc and it just depends on how much room i have in that chest i i get frustrated with the fact that the chests are nine wide in terms of the inventory yeah everything in minecraft is multiples of eight yes so it's like, yeah. what, what do i do with the extra space so <laughs> so i get a little i'll get a little bit you know frustrated with that i think the best the best solution i've come up with uh is my my wood box so my wood box is uh it's got the four different types 
or no, five different types of wood? Six. There's six. So it's got all six different types of wood and there's four slots for logs and then there's just sticks down the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then on the other side of those sticks is four slots of stacks for planks. So that there was, it turned into a mini game early in the server where I'm just like, I'm going to get 64 of everything in this chest just to take a screenshot. After that, I don't care. But just for now, I'm just going to, every morning I was logging in and using our tree farm and just kind of like bolstering the, <laughs> this mm -hmm. chest of wood yeah, yeah. just to say that I had it. Um, so that's my main storage on, you know, in the Dartmouth Meadows area of the Sigil server. Now I've got plenty of builds where I've got, I did a really big nether build. I did a really, I did a couple of big digs in the nether. Like we did a wither farm, we did a blaze farm. So I've got 15, 16, 20 double chests of nether rack that are just stuck by the build. It's just, there's just so much of it. Now mm -hmm. why I kept it, I couldn't tell you. Because I'm we're hoarders, little, that's the thing. Like, a bit of a digital hoarder. Yeah. And, and it came in real handy when I wanted to build that wither farm and I needed nether brick. You know, like you just, I just, I would just go get like as much as I could carry um, from from my my dig, from my blaze farm dig and just smelt it into nether brick. So like that kind of stuff worked out really well. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times it, it's just a matter of because there's not so many people on the server and there's a lot of community builds, a lot of times the stuff that you would have a lot of, the storage is actually at the farm. So like if you want pumpkins or, or cactus, you go to the cactus farm to get it. I don't necessarily store more than like a stack, you know, for me to use locally. Uh, if you need lots and lots of the stuff, like if you need to smelt up a lot of cactus green, you go specifically, you make a trip to the cactus farm, you get the stuff that you need and you bring it back. And I, it, I kind of enjoy that aspect of it. Like I kind of enjoy that kind of, I get to walk to the cactus farm again. I've not been over there in a while. Like you get to, you'll see the world that you've been building. Um, since then, however, uh, two things, two major things have happened. We've killed the dragon. So we have access to shulker boxes. And I also had a very big project in clearing the swamp for the witch farm. Mm -hmm. So for that, the witch farm, I had to build a automated bulk storage. Uh-huh, yeah. Best decision I ever made. <laughs> it always is. For, for things, but it's it's not like I'm storing every item in the game. This is not some crazy Tango Tech, you know, item elevator monster. It's a real simple, uh, it's got a, a water stream taking items across the top of hoppers. And there's, oh, I don't know how many chests are in it. I'll put a screenshot in the show notes, but like there are walls of five high by seven long, you know, double chests. Mm -hmm. And like half a wall is dirt, half a wall is grass, half a wall is cobble, half a wall is smooth stone. And then once you get around to the end, then it's like, you know, a column for granite, a column for diorite, a column for andesite. Yeah, the stuff you're going to get less. You get when you when all the stuff that you're getting just reams of when you're mining mm -hmm. stuff that you just don't want and then the overflow chest that doesn't have a filter on it just gets all your lapis and your gold and your diamonds and your you know so you can just go back over to your item elevator and just like dump all of your inventory in and it just goes back up to where you want it to go uh heartbreaking if the elevator doesn't work by the way mm -hmm. uh, i've had that happen before uh but that to me is really kind of sorted out that problem so i no longer have those things cluttering up my main storage spots where i want to go build something i'm not cycling through chests and chests and chests of cobble or whatever to try to find the things that i want i will keep three or four stacks of cobble handy but if i want a lot of it i have to go someplace else to get it uh, the other thing that i've done and i i don't know where i got this idea i'm sure probably from just watching videos like hermitcraft but i have an ender chest now that has 15 shulker boxes in mm -hmm. it, and that just comes with me wherever i go yeah and every box is color coded it's dyed the way that i want and it's not quite it's not all storage so some of it is precious items like your current tools you know your armor in case you get into a fight you need to switch mm -hmm. um stuff like that backup you know, armor in case you die. And sometimes currency uh, as well. Like if you're going around yeah. shops on a server, if you've got one, then yes, exactly. yeah, totally. Yeah. If you want to keep your diamonds in there just in case that sort of stuff. Uh, and then also it's got things like potions. So like if you're doing a lot of underwater building in 1.13 and you want a lot of water breathing potions, it's nice to have a shulker box full of them on you. Uh, but the rest of those boxes are all utility. So it's like red is a redstone box. Mm -hmm. The green one is a tree box. Now that's not full of logs. That's full of pre-made, like it's a stack of logs, a stack of planks, a stack of stairs. Mm -hmm. So it's so nice when you're building something, you're like, hmm, I wonder what jungle wood would look like right there. And instead of going, ugh, my jungle wood is back at my cabin. You go, oh, let's find out. And you just, you know, you grab your wood box and you take out some jungle wood stairs and you go, oh, that's what it looks like. That's terrible. We'll put that back, you know. And so it, it helps in the speed of being able to kind of like freestyle a little bit while you're playing. 
And I've never looked back. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why I don't have a giant sorting system that sorts a, a lot of stuff in the game is that our nether hub kind of connects various builds where I've got a, a good chunk of stuff. And then the shulker boxes take care of all my immediate needs. And then just every once in a while, when you revisit, you know, say like I'm back at the barn and I remember, oh, you know what? The last time I was down in the South Meadows, I was building that bridge and I was running real low on spruce logs because I was doing all the, the framing and spruce logs. So I'll go to my wood chest and I'll say, okay, well, I'll grab a, I'll, I'll replenish my wood box so that my, my tree box in my nether, uh, in my um, ender chest has got a full stack of everything that was in there. And when I go to do that, usually I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really low. Like I had, I only had eight stairs in this type and I only had like three fences in that type. So it's, it's once you kind of get into the habit of restocking it, then I find that it's, it's a lot easier than building a giant redstone thing. Um, I had a, a redstone sorting system on my single player world when I first started playing the game and I quickly discovered that I didn't use it. Yeah. I just, I ended up putting stuff away manually just because it took too long for the thing to put stuff away. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was just yeah. like, mm, Get, getting, you know, getting over the kind of speed of hoppers transferring stuff and everything being bottlenecked behind one hopper to begin with is always yes. a little bit difficult to get past. So yeah. Well, and that's something I'm curious about. So for, for any of our technical listeners, uh, because of the speed of item transport now in 1.13, like, I really think that that's going to change the way that some of these automated systems work. Like, people would shy away from the water because of how bad water and redstone tend to be together. You know, one wrong move and you've just destroyed an hour's work. Mm -hmm. But man, like, if you can harness the power of water to move your items along, it changes everything. You don't need to have packed ice. Like, you just hoppers and water and stuff flies. Yeah, and, and people used to use water streams as kind of like a lag-busting kind of feature because transferring everything around via hoppers would create a lot of lag with the hoppers updating as items went through them but considering right. how laggy flowing water is in this update i don't know if that's necessarily a uh, an option anymore at, at least in in terms of you know using it specifically to combat lag in terms of yeah. actually transporting the items around i'd say there's nothing better I've I've recently been getting into like the mechanics behind stuff like hopper minecarts because hopper minecarts transfer stuff way faster than hoppers do but yep. it's only an intake kind of thing. And then when you are when you have to take it out of a hopper minecart, then they, they don't just naturally put stuff in a chest below them. You have to use a hopper for that. And the, the best way of getting stuff out of a hopper minecart is to put it kind of in between four hoppers that are all kind of in a square. And then oh, like yes, each, okay. each one of the hoppers, because you can place a hopper minecart because it's an entity, you can kind of put it on the corner of, of each one of them and they each drag out an item at once. So you've got four items leaving it instead of one. But then that still, the, the hoppers then still have to transfer stuff into whatever other system you've got going on. So again, hoppers become the bottleneck. It's it's really interesting though. There's There's a lot of mechanics you can play with once you're beyond just basic like, here's a hopper, it puts stuff into a chest that there's yeah. some, some stuff out there. I think, I think that flowing water as opposed to updating water, like for example, my witch farm will cause some lag because the water is being turned on yeah, and yeah. off and on and off. Whereas my, I don't really feel like I get a lot of lag from my storage system because it like the, the one that I have in the swamp, because that is just a bunch of water streams and now even there's fewer dispensers. Like it's just, there's one dispenser way down in the mine and there's one dispenser up on the surface just for like that manual time where you've got a stack of cobble that you don't want to put away. Mm -hmm. you, just, you toss it in the chest and you and you just let it do its thing. Um, but I outside of those, those, there's no real updating happening. Yeah. It's just a matter of those blocks hitting the surface. Something else that I've noticed, um, I haven't tested it because my storage system was built before items fl uh, floated on top of water. So I do have packed ice in there in certain spots. The reason for that is because you had to speed up the item enough that it would get over the hoppers. Otherwise it would hang. Yeah, yeah. And you and items would also get hung on uh, the edge of the lip of hoppers. Like they would sink down like a pixel mm -hmm. in, into the hoppers and get stuck. Similar to how um, XP orbs do. We were discussing this in our Discord earlier this week. And with the new way that items float on the surface of water, hoppers will still suck them down through the water, but they don't get hung up. Yeah. So you don't need to, you don't need to have like the chest or the cake or the thing to push the item up against the very edge. So my water stream snakes around a bunch 
to get the items up against the wall. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to anymore. Not that I'm going to necessarily change all that, but in future water streams, I don't necessarily have to make sure that the items get up against like the left or right side of, of the hopper. I can just send them down the middle and everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Water streams, definitely the way to go for sure. And I, I aspire to be one of those guys who has a storage system where everything just gets dumped into a double chest and streams kind of auto sort it into a larger storage room. But I'm always in such a rush to set up a large storage room in the first place and not being much of a technical guy, I never build with that kind of stuff in mind. I'm always like, let's get something together and let's get it looking vaguely nice. Let's worry about the aesthetics of it, but never, I need to leave a bit of space behind these chests so I can put all of the redstone behind it. So inevitably right. I end up with a big manually sorted storage room instead of having an auto sorting kind of thing. So maybe I'll end up reworking my storage room later on in the lifetime of this server and see if I can I can get something more automated. It's the same way I aspire to be a guy with an auto smelter where you've got like, you know, reams of furnaces and minecarts going around and distributing all of the stuff you need to smelt so it all comes out super fast. I've got one of those. It's not a big one. It's only an eight furnace array, but it's just, it's nice for the, the length of time that it takes to smelt eight blocks, you end up with a stack. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, so that and that kind of stuff is is cool, especially when you put it somewhere smart. Like, well, we it's in the Nether, so I would like to have a bigger one on in the Overworld. But in the Nether, it's very close to the Nether Hub. So basically, as people are coming and going, the thing is just always smelting. Yeah, which is nice. yeah. And and if you put something like that at spawn, or if you put it in the Nether, you've also got easy access to the best fuel in the game, which is buckets of lava. So yep. yeah, you can smelt a hundred items with a bucket of lava. It's it's kind of useful. So. Yeah, I, I need I need to get my automated smelting on. I'm going to put it near my the rest of my farms in uh, Pixel Co, where I've got my kind of melon and pumpkin farms and my cactus farm and everything. So I'm I'm just I'm always loading in that area of the island because I'm usually doing work around there. So nice. it it means that I can spend a lot of time around those furnaces. In fact, thinking of Pixel Co, it's the first time I've looked into using shulker boxes for automation purposes because recent before like I've, I've used them since they were implemented for easily transported storage but they've also got mechanics that relate to redstone components so when you push them with a piston they will break and turn into the shulker box item that can then be you know ferried around by a, a water stream and stored in a chest um and you can dispense them using dispensers and it will actually place the shulker box in the same way that they place things like right. pumpkins and, and and a few other things the same way they'll place like a, a, a bucket of water. So you can use that, you can use those mechanics to actually automate storage. And I've got it collecting all of my melons so that instead of just depositing them in a chest and then the chest getting full, once a shulker box gets full up, that's detected by a redstone comparator. A piston breaks the shulker box. It drops into a water stream and then a dispenser places another shulker box in place and it carries on filling those up. So effectively, I'm saving on the amount of storage space in this chest by putting all of the melons compacted into shulker boxes first. And that's the first kind of step really in working out how to make storage much more efficient and have it having it interact with redstone and i don't know if i could do an entire storage system that way because for a start it means getting yourself a whole lot of shulker boxes the, the bottleneck there is just the is the shulker boxes i remember do you remember um cub fans storage system last year for hermitcraft season five yeah where he had it in the um the villager trading hall and it was just all in the roof there was a villager trading hall that was all farm stuff so that was all tradables yeah yeah but like, his like he had a teeny tiny little like five by seven block uh, storage system and it was a shulker box storage system and i can't remember how many million items or something that you could store oh yeah in. you can it, you just kind of load them in and and bananas yeah. i still don't necessarily understand how you call forward the one that you want that was the thing that was confusing to me mm -hmm. but and i've watched the tutorial and it's i mean he knows the stuff but it is fascinating and absolutely a bucket list thing that i want to do is create a shulker box storage system and that would have been a much more efficient way to do my you know my bulk storage like for your stone and your and your grass and your dirt and all that kind of stuff yeah. if you have the shulker boxes that's the only thing now i guess we should note that that hermitcraft has a special data pack that every shulker box every shulker that they kill drops two shulker shells yes yeah, same, no... same with decidedly vanilla actually that's yeah, kind of so one of the things we uh, we've we been thinking about that on the citadel we haven't implemented it yet just because we haven't explored the end and we don't have that many players but if 
one of us was to want to do a big shulker system like that, I would say, yeah, let's just implement that. Cause otherwise that's just a pain. Like you yes. just, you know, it's, it's, we've beaten the dragon. We've done a lot of end city clearing. It's not like we don't know how, or it's something that's, you know, making life easier for us. It's more of along the lines of like, well, how much time do you want to spend grinding, you know, to get these things versus just, you know, having the fun of learning how to make that system would be a lot better if you just had access to extra shulker shells. Yeah. And there are even other storage options that we haven't even considered. And when when I was when I was talking about not being able to move anything around without shulker boxes before, I I thought about halfway through whatever we were talking about. After that, wait a minute, horses can have chests on them. Like you can you can oh, tame yeah. a horse and and have chests as saddlebags. But horses just kind of fell out of use, especially when Elytra got introduced, but that was at the same time yeah. as shulker boxes, so that it kind of simultaneously made horses and horses with chests obsolete. Uh, but also, yeah, I, I never really saw people making much use of horses because they were always a little bit glitchy. They were kind of hard to control. If you end up going through a forest, then you have to find a path that you're not going to like bang your head on all the leaf blocks and not be able yeah. to get through. They were a little bit awkward. And so while obviously you could saddle up a horse or a donkey or a mule or whatever you had, and even llamas in more recent updates, even though that was post-Shulker Box revolution anyway, you yeah. can still use them to transport stuff. And I wonder... Maybe if we'd uh, we'd never seen shulker boxes turn up, maybe people would be using horses to transport stuff a little bit more. I, I, I still think it's a lot faster to just carry inventories full of stuff through the nether, but there you go. Yeah. There yeah, are also... Um, the other thing too is um, early game, sometimes wood can be hard to come by. Mm -hmm. And I've yeah. seen some people use uh, uh, droppers. Yeah. Because they're, su they're super easy to make. And you get, was it five... I think you get five slots of storage. You, you get you get nine, so you can, in theory, store nine stacks of items in a dropper or a dispenser, and all you need oh, is that's right. seven, seven hop, cobblestone hoppers, and a piece of redstone. Is all you need. Hoppers have got five, but yeah, yeah droppers. Are, yeah, and because dispensers are the ones that need bows, but droppers are just like a piece of redstone and cobble, right? Like there's nothing to them. Yeah. Um, and storage minecarts are the other thing that I want to use more of because, again, watching Hermitcraft, Escal eighty five has a a storage system that uses hopper minecarts to, again, store shulker boxes of stuff inside of them. But it looks really neat because the chests are smaller and they're in this kind of little tray that's the minecart. And in theory, because of minecarts being entities, you can store a whole bunch of them in a single space. And you can have literally millions of items just sat there only occupying a single block because all of the minecarts can be in the same space together. I don't know yes. if entity gramming starts to take effect, but I don't think it would. But even then, you can have, like, by default, 24 minecarts in one space, possibly even more. And, yeah, like all you need to do is break the top one and then carry on using the rest of them and maybe just reassemble the, the storage minecart later. But he's using that for bulk storage of all of his... Um, his stone and stuff that he's gathered in his his kind of large scale mining project. And my so only my only reservation there is that I don't trust entities. Yeah, <laughs> in Minecraft, yeah. like that that kind of stuff can be a little bit glitchy. And I've used entity cramming and entity cramming and minecart entities does take effect. So, for example, my gold farm uses twenty four minecarts uh, to kill pigmen. Pigmen mm -hmm. being the twenty fifth item or uh, entity that comes into that space. Uh, the other thing that I would find really annoying in my base is that uh, sometimes when one of those entities gets nudged, they'll go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth along yeah. the track. Yeah. And it makes it makes a crazy noise. So that's, I mean, that's some of the problems. And that can happen not by touching them, but by logging in and out in that chunk or, yeah, or a series yeah. of chunks. That can be a little bit complicated. But I've, I've seen that that build as well, that kind of like millions of items in that one, one block space. Uh, it's cool, but uh, hmm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. What I'd like to see is, is a way... You mentioned it earlier in terms of how hopper minecarts suck items out like super fast. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wish there was a way that there was also a, a hopper minecart with an export of yeah. that speed. Or, or if they that, interacted with minecart chests that way, perhaps. Something yeah, like, like something to open it up chest, a little bit. Yeah, put a minecart chest under a minecart hopper and have it just like suck stuff out that quickly. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I feel like that would be an excellent way to handle your bulk storage. Like, I mean, just I need 12 stacks of cobble for this build and you just kind of stick. You, it's almost like sticking your tray underneath like the, the soft serve ice cream. Just like, you know, just like <laughs> yeah. or the ice machine. It just kind of like spits out all the stuff and you're good to go. You know, you taking care of that way. That would be awesome. Well, uh, I think we've probably run out of time for this discussion, but it would be great to see other people's storage systems. So, of course, you can tweet them at us or send them to us 
via the email address. But that is going to wrap up another episode of The Spawn Chunks. So you can find more information about the show and links to some of the things we talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me, and I'm not going to make any promises this week. I feel like it's it's sticking for me at this stage. If anything comes <laughs> up, I actually tried making a bit more music this weekend, and it didn't come out like a theme song to anything, but... I'm dabbling again, so maybe it'll change, maybe it won't, but no, no promises from now on, I think. Um, in the meantime, if you're getting a little bit of value out of the show, please consider putting a little bit of value back into the show and supporting us on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join our community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to the patrons-only Discord chat, and I hope we will see a few people's storage systems posted in there this week. And we have uh, some very technical people in the Discord chat. So if you need help with your storage system, then you could post an image of your very sad storage uh, and be like, (laughs) help, help me, (laughs) help me, help me make this better. Make this better. Uh, If if nothing else, I'm sure people could refer you to some some simple YouTube tutorials about how to get a basic storage system up and running or how filters work, I think, is is an excellent way to start. We've got a vast hive mind building. I like it a lot. Yeah, me as well. Uh, speaking of uh, the Sponge Chunks Patreon, I wanted to make a, a quick note about how this is all working. Uh, thank you to everybody for supporting us on the show. Uh, we've con- kind of completed our first month of, of episodes, and there were some questions in the Discord about how this all rolls out. And we have it set up on a per podcast basis. So if you decide to join the community for a dollar, then it's a dollar or m- more per creation, depending on how you set up your, your Patreon. Uh, And so what that means is if we have four shows that month, then you'd be supporting us with $4. Uh, We currently have eight patrons and we're looking at $10 per creation, which is fantastic for the first month of the Mm. show. I'm really, I'm really happy with that. Is this show Uh, a month old already? That's so No, It's crazy, right? This young Um, show, (laughs) it's getting legs. Oh, it's so good. And people often wonder like, hey, well, why isn't this per month as opposed to like, why isn't it per month instead of per show? Well, there's two reasons for that. One, when you're doing weekly content, it's easier to do on a per creation or per podcast basis. Uh, two, if something comes up, like say Monday falls on a holiday where, you know, Christmas or, or Thanksgiving or something uh, or travel where, you know, Pixel Riffs or I can't make the show, then we only make three episodes that month and you only pay for three episodes that month, as opposed to uh, if it was monthly and then there would just be this expectation of getting those those four, those four shows. So this way it's a little bit more flexible. Uh, it's also, um, you know, to, to flag um, Pixel Riffs patreon which i would highly encourage everybody to check out um you post more than one thing a week and it's a very it's a combination of like videos and tutorials and let's plays and so it's Mm -hmm. a lot for you monthly makes more sense right because it's not just a once a week bang yeah and i i pour out as much content as i can in a month so yeah it's it's it would be very difficult for people to keep track of that if i was right. you know suddenly making 30 videos in a month where i'd previously only been making 15 suddenly people are paying twice as much when they don't want to Precisely. it gets a little bit hectic yeah yeah so, so with the spawn chunks being predictable that's why we have it on a uh, on we're a predictable that's what yeah. we are yeah <laughs> <laughs> if not if not anything else um but what that means is that the that money then comes out at the beginning of every month. So Patreon will charge your account, whether it's PayPal or credit card or whatever, at the beginning. So if you're not seeing, you you don't see incremental charges every week that we make a show. It all it just kind of tallies how many shows we did for the month and does does a one time does a one time charge. So because mm-hmm. we had some questions, I wanted to address that. We won't talk about it every show. I just wanted to kind of get that out there. Um, but while you're out there uh, talking about Patreon and talking about the show, that's actually one of the best ways for the show to get new listeners. And that's just word of mouth, whether that's sharing it on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook uh, or poking a friend in the arm and saying, hey, I like this podcast. You should listen to it too, because I know that you and possibly even your kids are you know, into Minecraft. Uh, so we can, you can follow us at the spawn chunks on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can send us information. You can send us, uh, replies and thoughts about the episodes. You can also use that to share the show quite easily because all of our, uh, social media links back to the website and onward to, uh, ways that people can listen to the show. You can also email the show directly, just like uh, a few stacks did, uh, earlier in the episode. And that is at the at gmail.com. And we are available on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, including the RSS feed that is linked on spunchunks.com. And another RSS feed is on the Patreon page for our patrons. 
My name is Johnny. Uh, online I go by Pixel Riffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash pixelriffs, where I have a, a Minecraft survival guide series for beginners and a multiplayer Let's Play series called Decidedly Vanilla, where you can comment about how bad my storage is. I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. I also stream three days a week on Twitch, where these days I'm mostly working on larger Minecraft projects for my YouTube series, but I play other games from time to time. And this week we actually checked out Graveyard Keeper, which was a lot of fun, kind of a morbid take on the kind of Stardew Valley style management sim. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, aside from that, I'm Pixelriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. And I should also point out that this week, uh, speaking of travel plans, I am actually going on a brief trip up north to see my parents. So next week's episode of The Spawn Chunks is going to be delayed by my absence. We'll probably be putting it out uh, at the earliest on Tuesday, maybe even on Wednesday. But uh, hopefully we will get to make a show at some point next week. Uh, Joel, where can people find you online? Everything that I am doing online can be found at joelduggan.com. That includes links to my illustration and design portfolios. If you are interested in hiring me, I am taking commissions. I am going to be doing a lot of new artwork in the next month or so. I'm going to be at uh, HalCon, which is a, a big uh, comic and sci-fi convention here in Halifax at the end of October. So I'm going to be preparing for that. Uh, if you're going to be in town, let me know because it would be great to, to meet people, especially if you're listening to the Spawn Chunks. Uh, speaking of listening, you can also check out The Citadel Cafe or Comics Coast to Coast. They are two of the other podcasts that I am I'm working on and i was a guest on the mac observer daily observations podcast i have that linked on my instagram which is just my name uh, it's a short interview it's only about 20 minutes but it's a little bit of insight into some of the behind the scenes baseball uh in podcasting and the art that i make uh so that's just easy to find joel duggan across all social media and just if you can't find something just ask me i'll be happy to point you in the right direction <laughs> Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, but sadly, the storage space is finite.